cliffcentral.com. Here's what Trump said this morning in yes. light of, of what's just happened. So <clears throat> this is not a small story because, you know, unfortunately in politics, a lot of people who act with the intention of creating X end up creating Y. Um, so unintended consequences here may be a very big part of what happens next. But here is the statement from Donald Trump. Remember, this is a former president of the United States. You know, the last time a former president could have been gone after like this was either if you want to be very liberal about the definition of gone after, you could say Bill Clinton, but that was during his term. And then afterwards, it kind of just dissolved and disappeared. And then Richard Nixon, who, you know, with the Watergate scandal long before either of us in Pee were born, this was a thing that that had really rocked America to its core. And here's what Trump says as a former president. He goes, this is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, he has to, he always has to, it's just me, 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 right? Anyway, he goes, (laughs) gotta love this guy. He said, even before I was sworn in as president, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of hardworking men and women of this country have been, engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. You remember it just like I do. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller hoax. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax one. Impeachment hoax two. The illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid. And now this. So, big, big news. And to talk to us about this and explain to us what the hell's going on, uh, is none other than Joel Pollock, editor at Large Breitbart News. Joel, so good to see you. Thank you for staying up so late to talk to us about this. I bet you haven't gone to sleep, and I bet you don't want to. There's so much news. <laughs> well, it's been a difficult day here, I think, for many Americans. We saw this coming about a week ago when Trump said he was likely to be indicted. But I think the day it happens is still quite shocking. He's the first U.S. president ever to be indicted. And it's not for also, anything... I mean- yeah. We got to say, like, we weren't sure whether this would actually happen and whether or not Trump was making a big mountain out of a molehill because he's good at doing that as well, right? Right. This would have been very Trumpy. And look, it was a win win situation for him because when he said he was going to be indicted, if he had been indicted, then people would have said, oh, he warned us, he knew about it. And if he hadn't been, he could always say, well, I scared them off because I exposed what they were doing. And in fact, he did say something like that over the weekend when it appeared that they had dismissed the grand jury, which was to issue the indictment for a month. They were basically going to go home over the Easter holiday and not return for several weeks. But before leaving, they managed to take this one vote and they indicted him. It's not for anything serious. It's not for anything relating to government in any significant way. It's for apparently a payment that he made or he made through his lawyer to Stormy Daniels, also known as Stephanie Clifford, a star of adult movies who apparently had an affair with him about 20 years ago or so. And he paid her this money during the 2016 campaign as part of a non-disclosure agreement. If you believe Trump, they never had an affair. He was just paying her to go away, which celebrities unfortunately have to do from time to time. And if you have some healthy skepticism about Trump's marital fidelity, you say, well, maybe he was paying her to keep quiet. But she didn't keep quiet. She came back after he won the election with her lawyer, Michael Avenatti, who is now 
in prison for quite a long time, actually, and for very serious things like extortion and fraud. And right. she said that this affair had happened and she was determined to bring down his presidency. This case has been looked at by several prosecutors, all of whom were out to get Trump. The previous prosecutor in Manhattan, in the local district attorney's office, the federal prosecutors, the state attorney general, they've all tried to get Trump and they've all looked at this and said there's nothing we can actually prosecute him for doing because there's actually nothing illegal about paying somebody not to speak as long as it's done above board and it's done according to this non-disclosure agreement. It happens all the time. It happens in companies. It happens in politics. It happens in Hollywood almost every day. And there's nothing illegal about it. At one point, they were going to say, or they tried to say, that he ought to have reported the payment to the Federal Elections Commission, which monitors campaign spending. The problem is that the Federal Elections Commission voted four to one, and it's a bipartisan commission for the most part. They voted four to one, which means some of the Democrats also agreed there was no case uh, not to right. vote. Um, and even if they had, it wouldn't have been a criminal case. The Federal Elections Commission issues administrative fines, but it doesn't prosecute for criminal offenses. And that was the end of it. There was no crime here. But this district attorney, this local prosecutor, we elect our local prosecutors in this country in many places. And he actually ran for office on a promise to prosecute Trump. So having been duly elected to this office, he then set about trying to fulfill his election promise. Now, funny enough, he went after Trump over many different things. This was one of the cases he dropped. He actually looked at this case and said, there's nothing here. I don't actually have a real chance of convicting him. So he dropped the case where oh two of his own junior prosecutors resigned. And one of them wrote a book, which was highly unprofessional, but he wrote a book complaining that this prosecution had been dropped. And so the political pressure on this attorney or this district attorney, this prosecutor, mounted. And so he finally brought this prosecution. And as far as we know, it's all related to this Stormy Daniels payment, which happened allegedly, well, if the payment happened, we don't know if the affair happened, uh, before Trump was elected, it had but, nothing to do with anything he did in office. But Joel, I mean, this, this seems so um, outlandish and so clearly manufactured. I mean, you, you, you know, when people say a former president was indicted, you think, well, He's done something unconstitutional, um, and they've thrown the book at Trump over the years, like he said in his statement. And by no means am I saying that this guy is the most honorable human being that's ever lived. You know, people right. people do terrible things. But in, in terms of his office of president, they tried the impeachment. They tried the other impeachment, the Ukraine stuff, the Russia stuff. They've tried everything, and it's been nothing burger after nothing burger, as you guys call it. To go back to the Stormy Daniels thing is so desperate and clearly so politically motivated that surely the Democrats are now betting on something in the casino that if it doesn't return for them is going to slap them in the face. I mean, a lot of people are already talking and it's, you know, it's early days still. We've got an election in 2024, which Trump seems fired up to go for. Um, a lot of people say too old, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact is this could add enormous rocket fuel to his campaign it'll galvanize his base um and if he if if the indictment doesn't succeed in any way it's going to look like a political witch hunt and it's going to favor him tremendously people who don't like trump are not suddenly going to like him because of this and people who who really do like trump are not going to be put off by any of this stuff so who does it serve well there's some thought that democrats might be 
trying to indict Trump because it does rally the Republican base behind him. So Republican voters are indeed rallying behind him. And there's the thought that Democrats would like to see him as the Republican nominee. This is going to make it much more difficult for other Republican candidates to compete. And he's going to emerge as the front runner. And the thought is that he offends so many regular people who aren't committed to one party or another that it's simply going to be impossible for him to win. And so maybe there's even some strategy there that go for Trump. You either knock him out of the race, in which case he can't become president anyway, and you get some Republican candidate who doesn't attract the same level or intensity of support, or he becomes the nominee and you get all this intense support on the Republican side, but you get even more Democrats and independent voters coming out to vote against him. But either way, it's a kind of interference with the election. And it's troubling because the charges are so flimsy. I think it would be much more difficult to offend as many people as this prosecution is offending if he had done something real or if this was about something real. The Democrats, who were a little bit publicly at least worried about this case, were trying to point to some of the other cases that Trump is being investigated for. Uh, in Georgia, mm-hmm. this investigation for his role in claims of election fraud, that was a little bit undone when the jury woman went on a kind of media tour, which is highly irregular, and it made right. it made it look like the entire thing was political. But those who've looked at that case say that there's a bit more substance to it. And then there's this case of the documents, the classified documents that made their way to Mar-a-Lago. That was undone a bit by Joe Biden himself, who it turns out had left over a thousand pages of documents in his office. And then there were more documents in his garage. So, I mean, there's some thought by Democrats that at least let those other cases go through. And there's something to them, even if they've been shaken a bit. This case Mm. in New York is so frivolous that it actually might undo the other cases because the public won't want to hear about any more charges against Donald Trump. So, so the conspiracy theory, if I understand you right, or, or at least the, the left wing strategy, if it is one is to put Trump up front, because if they do indict him, he's out of the way. Uh, if they don't get to do that, then he's the guy who is going to polarize people so much that it's not going to, it's going to be another Biden versus Trump, you know, uh, election from from uh, 2020 uh, what was it 2021 2020 right. and and they worried about that because well they're not worried the left would like that because they reckon biden could beat trump again uh should he be able to survive until the election and and the other side is like go ahead do this it's going to fire up everybody on trump's side and uh, it's going to it's going to drive them to the polls i mean it seems like a very high stakes game either way because Americans at the moment must be deeply disenchanted with what they see their politicians doing, no matter who they support. It just seems like a big Game of Thrones type thing going on here. That's exactly right, because when you see prosecutions that are clearly political, it undermines respect for law enforcement in general. And we have a problem at the moment with crime in our major cities, which has gone up in most of the cities since the pandemic. It's been very hard to bring down. You know, I love where I live. I love Los Angeles, but we have major problems with crime right now, with homelessness and tent cities that the city is trying to get rid of. They're trying to house people, but it's incredibly difficult. I know South Africa has some of the same problems. I was in South Africa recently and Cape Town has some tents and so on downtown. We have 40,000 people living in tents on the streets of Los Angeles at the moment, which is incredible. So you try to encourage greater respect for the law, but you cannot do it when the prosecution is so political. People just lose their respect for the law. It all starts to seem like a big game. 
Wow. Can I ask you quickly before you go? Um, I saw that there were, there was another insurrection in inverted commas at uh, the <laughs> Tennessee state capitol. Do you want to just explain what happened there? A bunch of trans people apparently and trans rights activists, um, stormed the Tennessee capitol, uh, interrupted a session in the chamber. I mean, this is precisely the stuff that, um, that we've been told is, is anti-democratic. It could ruin the country. It could, uh, drive everybody into hiding. You, you, you know, the, the Congress people who on January the 6th had this happen to them are still traumatized. There are commissions of inquiry. God alone knows what, what happened at the Tennessee state capitol? This was a protest against both what are, what they refer to as anti-trans legislation and also a protest in favor of more gun control. Tennessee is one of the states that has very liberal gun laws. In other words, it's very easy to buy a gun, to carry a gun, to use a gun and so forth. And it's like that in several conservative states. Here in California, where I live, we have some of the strictest gun controls in the country. But mm. that's a cultural difference between different states. Of course, there was this terrific, just terrible um, mass shooting in, in yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. And it was at a Christian school, and the shooter in this case was very unusual. It's very rare to have these mass shootings carried out by women, but this shooter didn't identify as a woman, even though he or she was biologically female. The shooter was transgender and identified as male and had actually been a student at the school. So somehow the issue of transgender identity is all wound up in the mass shooting and the reason it happened. We don't actually know to what extent that was a motivation because the police are not releasing the manifesto that the shooter left behind, which is very strange. Usually we have these manifestos out within hours, but there's something that they're evidently worried about in the manifesto. And I, and I think it's probably likely to be some statement of broader intolerance toward Christians or a statement about transgender people taking up arms. I have to tell you that as someone who supports the right to bear arms, I have no problem with transgender people and gay people and so forth buying legal firearms. I mean, in fact, in 2016, this is now ancient history, but that was a big response by gay conservatives to the Pulse nightclub shooting. There was a, there was a shooting in a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida, carried out by mm -hmm. a religious terrorist, an Islamic terrorist. And there were a group of gay people who rallied and said, we want the right to carry weapons. We want to defend ourselves. We don't want to wait for the police anymore. And I actually support right. that. I think that's fine. But in this case, the trans activists who invaded the Capitol are upset because Tennessee has other laws. Laws, by the way, which I disagree with. They passed a law recently to ban public drag shows if children are present. Now, I think that's probably a violation of freedom of speech, so I'm against it. It may even be a violation of other rights. But there's this movement right now in conservative America to try to keep transgender ideology away from children, where it seems to be coming into schools in a very deliberate way by activists and so forth. So that's a whole separate issue. They invaded the Capitol and they did a lot of controversial things. They didn't just disrupt the legislative process, but they staged a die-in where they pretended to die and they lay on the floor. And, and this is in pursuit of the idea that transgender people are vulnerable and are likely to be victims of violence. But it was incredibly insensitive because the fact is that there were six innocent people murdered by a transgender person at a Christian school and it looked like insensitivity to the victims. Um, they're also trying to describe the shooter as a victim. And I think, you know, I'm open to the argument that she may have suffered a lot in her life or he may have suffered a lot in his life before embarking on this incredibly horrific journey of violence. But the fact is the primary victims are the three children and the three adults who were murdered. 
And somehow the transgender movement is determined to take the focus off of those victims and, and put it on this person as the victim. And I, again, I'm not in, the pro, part of the problem is that there's a tendency and I don't want to fall into that tendency, but there's a tendency to, to put all of these transgender people into one box. So that something that's done by the activist represents everybody who, lives, who wants to live a lifestyle as a transgender person, which I don't think is true. I mean, I think, you know, 99 percent of transgender people just want to live and be left alone. But the activists are the ones you see on television, and they're the ones who are at the Capitol. It is very, very complicated, as you say, and, and none of this stuff uh, can, can be gauged properly by using things like Twitter. So <laughs> let's just <laughs> pay attention to, let's pay attention to the analysis that people like you bring us. And thank you very much for making yourself available. Well, to well, us. I have a question. I have a question maybe to think about. I mean, yeah. you know, in South Africa, Jacob Zuma was prosecuted and and the result was riots a couple of years right. ago and yes you know i think he was prosecuted for something substantive and state capture and commission and everything i mean I, that that seems like a reasonable prosecution to me and i'm wondering how you see the situation in the states with with trump because this doesn't seem like a reasonable prosecution to most of the legal analysts who've looked at it they're, they're hoping that there's something that comes out of the evidence those who want to see trump well go prison are hoping that some evidence comes up. I mean, how does it, how does it look to you? Um, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm still digesting a lot of it, which is why it's helpful to have you on. But in truth, every politician always says that everything that happens to them is politically motivated. They always blame the other side. They see it as some kind of sinister machination in order to depose them, put them in prison, get them out of the way, whatever it might be. And then they, 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 they get their supporters all agitated, which is a very useful political device. Um, I think the difference here is that that Jacob Zuma has been um, very much knee deep in fraud for pretty much his entire adult life, and the man has got some various, you know, very serious charges that have been uh, leveled against him. Um, in this case, it seems so frivolous to use the Stormy Daniels thing, and I think for anyone who's a serious minded person, it just seems kind of a little childish and churlish to be doing this. And for someone as truculent as, as Trump is, it's just, this is cannon fodder for him. He just loves this. Um, it, yeah. it, you know, he, he thrives on this stuff and so do the people who he enthuses. So as I said at the beginning of the question that I asked you, it's not going to change the opinion of people who hate him. They're going to be thrilled. And, you know, there were all these people uh, celebrating, including Democrat friends of mine who were sending me memes this morning about, you know, he's going to go to jail. It's so great. But he, he probably won't. I mean, this is a misdemeanor charge. It's not a, this is not a serious charge. If any, well, I don't know. I don't know if you will, but I will tell you this. Trump has cameras lined up, not just news cameras. Trump has camera crews of his own who are going to film the plane as it takes off from Florida to New York. And they're going to film the motorcade and they're going to film the moment he goes into the courthouse and it's mm -hmm. all, you know, I, I'm glad they're enjoying the memes, but the campaign advertisements that Trump is going to produce out of this, you know, he's going to turn it into long walk to freedom. I mean, this is going to be his uh, ultimate rallying cry. And, and yeah, yeah, he's going to see the victim, <laughs> the victim narrative, which, which yeah. ironically the left has been crafting for the last 20, 30 years is <laughs> going to serve him, is going to serve him perversely in this situation more than them. Uh, just one quick question for you. What does this do to other conservatives who consider themselves to be in the race because this is going to just push them right out i mean we've got primaries still there's still a lot that can happen but it's, this may yeah. 
may, this may hit people like Ron DeSantis, and I know you're a fan of Tom Cotton quite hard. Right. Tom Cotton has decided not to run. DeSantis is probably going to run, but it does make his job much more difficult. He took a lot of heat from Trump supporters last week when he came out and in reaction to the report that Trump might be indicted, he said it was unfortunate and seemed unfair and it was political. But he then got a few snide remarks in about the porn star and Stormy Daniels. And so people thought that was a low blow. Today, and it's still Thursday here, he came out and said he's not going to cooperate with the federal government in extraditing Trump to New York. We still have these extradition arrangements, even though we're all in the same country. But if there's a crime in one state, theoretically, yeah. you have to extradite them to another. Now, that's not even going to be necessary because Trump is voluntarily going to hand himself over. Again, he wants the drama. He wants the attention. I, I'm sure he may have even bought some handcuffs in case they don't have any. You know? <laughs> um, but... DeSantis came out today having learned his lesson from last week, and he was very defiant and said he's not going to cooperate with the federal government in what is clearly a political prosecution. So I think he's still holding on to the idea that he can follow in Trump's slipstream and then pass him on the last turn, if it will, if you know, if you will forgive the horse racing analogy. But um, that's that's where he is. That's the best I think any of them can do. All right. Well, Joel, thank you for your time. And um, I hope you have a good weekend. There's plenty to talk about, as always. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Joel Pollock, editor at Large Breitbart News. Useful information for us as we start our weekend. Normally, we don't do any politics on a Friday, but hell, this is big news. So no reason not to talk to someone who's actually um, knowledgeable about these things. Give us a, a very kind of unbiased point of view on on how things may develop from here who knows who it may favor but as i said at the beginning unintended consequences are sometimes uh, further down the road and no one can predict what those may be